Hi, everybody. This is Jeffrey Short with MarketScale IoT. Today, we are joined by Sasha Segan, the lead analyst at PC Mag. He just did something very exciting actually around Dallas, so we're very excited to have him. Uh, Sasha, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Awesome. Well, can you you know explain to me what you were doing here in Dallas revolving around 5G um, and testing some of the strengths of, uh, you were working with Sprint, correct? This is actually my second trip to Dallas in the past couple of months uh, to test 5G. First, I came to check out uh, AT&T's millimeter wave 5G setup near Clyde Warren Park. And then more recently, I came to Irving to check out Sprint's new presumably citywide 5G network. Awesome. And can you explain to us a little bit about what you found, uh, maybe how it matched up with your expectations coming into the trip? Uh, Yes, certainly. So there are a couple of different approaches to 5G popping up this year in the U.S., and I'm just fascinated by the differences between them. Uh, Sprint is installing 5G on its existing cellular towers and its existing cellular spectrum. So that gives Sprint potentially a lot of 5G coverage. It gives Sprint potentially the same 5G coverage as it has for its 2.5 gigahertz 4G network um, that would trade off at being somewhat lower speeds than the extremely small coverage but extremely fast network AT&T is setting up in Uptown. So uh, you can can check out the differences between those networks, balance out the pluses and minuses, and that's kind of what I was driving around doing. It's interesting that they're sort of taking these different strategies, uh, at least to me it is. Are you surprised that these different telecom companies and networks are um, sort of going different paths as far as either wider range or more focused, but maybe more um, you know, stronger connections? Yeah, uh, it, it actually doesn't turn out to be that surprising because it really comes down to what spectrum was available to which company. Uh, There are two big approaches that the world is taking to 5G right now, and those two big approaches are called mid-band and millimeter wave. Millimeter wave uses really, really short-range new spectrum uh, that nobody else really in the world has used for for uh, consumer communications yet. And that's what AT&T and Verizon are doing uh, because they had it available, because the FCC auctioned it off and they were able to buy it and they got it. And um, they're using it to do these short-range, very fast networks. Sprint was the only company in the U.S. that had a lot of unused mid-band spectrum. Now, mid-band is the approach that most of the rest of the world is taking because it has much better range than millimeter wave, and it's easier to work with. But the U.S. had very the U.S. hasn't been making a lot of free mid-band spectrum available. So AT&T and Verizon didn't have any to work with. Sprint was the only one who had it. So Sprint gets to do uh, their network on this kind of spectrum. Well, that's fascinating. And to you know, go off of what you said earlier about the pros and cons of each network and see how they'll play out, I'm sure a lot of people aren't necessarily educated as to what is coming up the pipe with 5G. Um, and I did want to ask about that uh, from maybe a business perspective. You know, Obviously, people are concerned with uh, the speeds of their cell phones, and that will be a huge uh, benefit with what 5G is uh, bringing to the table. But um, for businesses, whether it's transportation or farming, can you give us a little bit of an insight as to what 5G might mean for um, different markets? 
Yeah, there's a couple of different aspects to 5G, which can sometimes get lost in uh, some, of the hi- some of the hype. And the most obvious one is greater speed, greater bandwidth. And now you can talk about that as enabling a lot of uh, enabling a lot of uh, remote presence capabilities. Uh, for instance, a lot more uh, remote presence robots in offices and warehouses. Um, remote uh, uh, short distance uh, remote medicine and surgery. Long distance remote education, all enabled through. Uh, faster, better guaranteed bandwidth. But there's a lot of other aspects of 5G which are going to change business. For instance, uh, in in a rural context, the fact that 5G is going to have very low latency and enable a large number of devices per square mile is going to change agriculture in certain ways. You're going to be able to cover your field with small, very inexpensive, very sensitive sensors, and then have uh, automated farming equipment be coordinated to respond to what it's getting from those sensors. So you get a lot more responsive, more efficient mechanization of various industries through having a lot more sensors out there and them operating at a lot lower latency. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. And again, like you said, it's something that I don't think a lot of people really have either given credit to or even given much thought to. So we will see how that um, affects different markets that you just alluded to. What are the challenges, though, going forward in rolling this out effectively? Because we've heard a little bit about how you know the strength going through walls or going through the rain, it's got a lot of hiccups still. So what are developers and these networks working on uh, in order to solve those? Well, the availability of spectrum that covers ground is one of the big challenges. So, as I said, AT&T and Verizon are working heavily with millimeter wave because that's where the spectrums become available. And millimeter wave is a real bear to work with. As you said, it doesn't go through walls. It has, it has trouble going through trees. It has trouble with rain. It has trouble with glass. So just the the technology and physics of making millimeter wave uh, transmissions actually go anywhere uh, is something that the industry is really challenged by right now. Now, the rest of the world, as I said, is working heavily with mid-band. But here in the US, a lot of the challenge is, as I said, mid-band just hasn't been made available. Uh, the, the government hasn't been freeing up mid-band for 5G use, where it might be uh, able to uh, reach further distances, where it might be able to better cover rural areas, better cover suburban areas. The government just hasn't been giving uh, that spectrum out. So that's a different challenge there. Um, The carriers are working as well with low band spectrum, which covers really broad rural areas, but there isn't very much of that. And so is that going to have enough bandwidth for these transformative uses? Uh, These are all the different challenges right now in these buildouts. Okay, and then lastly, we see these different pockets, markets around the country that are getting these tests, these rollouts. Um, Can you look into your crystal ball a little bit to give us an update as to when some of these really sweeping changes will be um, more readily available, I suppose, to uh, a larger population and with um, some reliability, I suppose? 
Yeah, we're looking at 2021 or 2022 for broad availability of 5G and some of these transformative applications and transformative uh, vertical or industry applications to start appearing. Uh, The next two years are really early build-out years. We don't even have uh, smartphones or IoT devices that could access rural low-band 5G networks yet. Uh, The chipset to access those hasn't been made available yet. It won't be around until the end of the year. So uh, 2019-2020 are for people to start thinking about what they want to do with this stuff, maybe get some of the early devices to start experiment with developing solutions. And then 2021 and 2022, are when we start seeing people using solutions. Fantastic. And that's going to be very interesting to see. And uh, I know we're all looking forward to it here. And it'll be interesting to follow over the next couple of years. Um, Sasha, thanks a lot. And again, if you're um, looking for more information on this, you can read Sasha's article, which is part of the reason why we brought him on. It's called Testing Sprints 5G in Dallas. Do we finally have citywide coverage? That's on PCMag.com. Uh, Sasha, thanks so much for joining us. And um, as more 5G updates uh, come out, um, I'd love to do this again sometime, but thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing monthly 5G updates right now at PCMag.com slash 5G. You can see uh, a tracker with the progress of all of the carriers updated on that page, and uh, you can check back in there to see how they're doing. Fantastic. We'll be checking in indeed. All right. Thank you so much, Sasha. Thanks a lot. This interview is part of the MarketScale Contributor Program. If you'd like to be featured as a contributor on MarketScale.com, please submit content to publications at MarketScale.com or head to our publications pages at MarketScale.com industries to see more.